Hey, this is Jamie Rigetti. Thanks for listening to Fan Bros. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Yo, what's up, internets? This is Chico Leo, coming to you straight out of the escape pod. Uh, we got another special delivery, another Fan Bros special delivery for all you. Um, and uh, I'm going to start this off with a very long quote. Uh, forgive my lack of flow, but uh, this is what it is. I met a traveler from an antique land who said two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand half sunk a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sand stretch far away. So that's uh, from the poet uh, Percy Shelley. Uh, in his poem about uh, Ozymandias, the name of the most recent episode of Breaking Bad, the namesake, uh, about a statue of a very, 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 very powerful king who no one remembers and no one knows. Um, I think the the poem speaks to... The poem's longer than that, I believe. That is just an excerpt from it, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think it's a meditation on power and longitude of, of power and celebrity and everything that goes along with it. I know there's people who don't believe it, but uh, I really don't think 100 years from now that people, you know, are going to know necessarily who Michael Jackson is. Um, you know, Ozymandias was the king of kings thousands and thousands of years ago, and no one knew who he was. Obviously, Ozymandias is a fictional, fictional king of kings, but uh, you know what I mean. Um, I don't really know where to begin with this episode of Breaking Bad. Um, A lot of people were worried. Well, a lot of people were worried about a lot of things, but a lot of people were worried that that shootout looked like it wasn't going to have any victims. Um, Well, we definitely saw that the shootout had, had, had an immediate victim in Gomez, who uh, I think was a well-loved, beloved supporting character. And Hank, Hank Schrader, or ASAC Schrader as he went out. How about it, Hank? Should I let you go? My name is ASAC Schrader. You can go fuck yourself. Hank, listen to me. You gotta tell him. You gotta tell him now that we can work this out. Please. Please. What? You want me to beg? You're the smartest guy I ever met. And you're too stupid to see. He made up his mind ten minutes ago. He went out like a man. He went out, um, you know, with honor. And we saw Walter White, you know, give up or attempt to give up everything uh, to try and save Hank. 
um, and then really give up whatever was left of his soul uh, in giving up Jesse. Uh, not only did he point out where Jesse was to hiding to the neo-Nazis, or not, let's just call them Nazis, and, uh, but he sent them off to a, a horrible death, as far as he was concerned, at the hands of said Nazis, involving a lot of torture uh, and beatings and, um, you know, a fate literally worse than death. Um, you know, we can only assume Walter did that because he blamed Jesse for bringing Hank there and in his own fucked up mind, blamed Jesse for, uh, for Hank's death. Um, even though, uh, everything is Walter's fault. And I, I, I just want to reiterate that Walter, this show is a show about choices. This show is a show about karma. Walter is was in control of everything in the sense that he was in control of all the choices that he made. He didn't have to cook meth. Now, I understand we live in a country that is ass backwards uh, when it comes to health care. And in any other industrialized country, Walter wouldn't have had to decide, oh, yo, I got to cook meth to provide for my family to pay for my health care bills. That's that that's a whole other subject. But the reality is, and one of the beautiful things, many beautiful things in this ugly episode, uh, was that we, in the flashback to Jesse and Walt's first cook, we actually see Walter formulate his first lie. The first of many, many, many lies that he tells, including many, many, many lies that he tells himself. Um, When he calls Skylar and comes up with some BS excuse as to why he's going to be late, And we see how they went from this couple who's excited to eat uh, pizza on sale and, you know, picking their baby name, something that, you know, everyone can identify with, to now, you know, he's a drug kingpin who is responsible for the death of hundreds of innocent people. And I say hundreds because I'm not just talking about the the meth, the people who buy the meth, who themselves are, in fact, uh, you know, somewhat complicit in their own demise. But, you know, I'm talking about the people, all the people who died in the cl- and the uh, collateral damage, the people in the plane. Um, you know, I know there's some people out there who think Walt's not responsible for that, that that's all on Jane's father. But we live in a world where every single person is connected through Facebook to every other person on the planet in less than six connections. And we are connected. This is a society. There's a lot of people still clinging to this notion that, yo, Walt is doing this for his family, so he's a good guy. I mean, this is not, you know, the ancient times where it's one tribe against another and you, you know, your family is it. I mean... I don't want to sound corny or whatever, but, you know, the, 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 there is a family of mankind, and Walter is committing a lot of crimes against that family, um, all in the name of protecting what he considers to be his family, who ultimately turned on him. Um, and some people can say, why didn't, he, why didn't they turn on him sooner? Um, obviously, Flynn, you know, turned on him pretty quickly. Um, shouts to, uh, shouts to Flynn for, uh, you know, somebody raised him right. Maybe it was Hank and Marie and not, uh, Walter and Skylar. Um, but yeah, I mean, we open with that flashback to the first cook, which took place in that same location where the shootout went down. And I thought that that was a pretty incredible dissolve. Um, 
you know, the, the, to me, it's a done deal that the cinematographer for the for uh, Breaking Bad, who's been the cinematographer for every season and every episode since the first season, they switch cinematographers between the first and second season. I, it's a done deal that that guy's going to win an Emmy. Um, they have really created a really, really extraordinarily unique look uh, that maybe is partially due to the the desert light uh, of New Mexico. Um, but no show looks like this. And you have to go back to The X-Files, which was one of the uh, first shows shot in Vancouver that had a really, really unique look. And now there's almost, I mean, there's 50 shows since The X-Files that look like The X-Files. Um, but this is a really, really, you know, the, 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 the cinematography really deserves a shout out on this show, as does every element of the show. Um, this episode, Ozymandias, or Ozymandias, uh, was directed by Ryan Johnson, who directed two fan favorites. One was The Fly, which I personally, it was not a favorite of mine. I felt it to be a little arty, a little self-conscious. Um, but I give them, you know, I give them a little latitude if they needed to do that to create a bottle episode, which is often what they do when they have a really expensive episode, um, to save time and money, they'll shoot an episode in one location. Now, there's another uh, bottle episode that Ryan Johnson directed, and I, I believe it was called Three Days Out, and it's the episode where Walter and Jesse are out cooking in the desert, and they're they're in the uh, the RV, and the RV breaks down, and Walter has to jury rig something to get them out of there. I actually, that could be my favorite episode, at least off the top of my head, of previous seasons. Um, so Ryan Johnson is sort of the superstar director of uh, Breaking Bad, um, because this episode, if not, you know, going down is the greatest episode, um, not just of Breaking Bad, but people are talking about it being the greatest episode of TV. For you Game of Thrones fans out there, I mean, there were numerous comparisons to this, between uh, this episode and the Red Wedding episode, uh, well, it's actually called The Reigns of Castamere, but... The episode known as the Red Wedding episode. Um, you know, there are some parallels. This one, I, I gotta say, and everyone out there who's been listening to Fan Bros knows that I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Uh, this this technically blew away that, that Game of Thrones episode, and possibly any Game of Thrones episode. Uh, the writing, and I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize, I don't off the top of my head remember the writer's name, but shouts to her, um, there's not a lot of women writers in TV, and uh, this woman, whose name is Moira something something, I think she has a, a triple name, um, she, uh, she did a remarkable job with the script, um, she's written other episodes before, um, I mean the only downside that I can think of... Uh, is just that I, you can't, it, it's almost inconceivable that the next two episodes can equal this one. It's been a, uh, it's been a, a trope of cable TV since The Sopranos and The Wire for the penultimate episode, which is the episode before the last one, to have all the big, you know, all the big action goes down in the penultimate episode, and the last episode, the finale of a season, is often where everything gets cleaned up and get set up for the next season, which is exactly what happened with the Reigns of Castamere, the uh, the Red Wedding episode, which was the episode before the last, and the final episode of this past season of Game of Thrones was in fact a sort of quieter one, um, 
And that is often the case. The previous episode, the previous season of Game of Thrones, the big battle of Blackwater was the penultimate episode. Um, but we've got two more episodes and a lot, uh, a lot to cover. There were a couple of people on Twitter a few weeks ago putting forth the theory that Walt, in fact, was faking his cancer, which I didn't buy at the time. And I'm not necessarily sure that I necessarily subscribe to that theory now, but I think it's a very legitimate theory. I think that, you know, it's something that 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 is, you know, I, I'm not one for, you know, with with uh, Breaking Bad, I don't even try and predict what's going to happen because, as we've talked about, they zig when when you think they're going to zag. And trying to predict what they're going to do is literally trying to go for the steal when circa 1999-2000 Allen Iverson is driving to the basket. You're just not going to get the steal and you're going to look like a fool. And I feel like when I try and predict what they're going to do on Breaking Bad... It's it's like that, so I'm I'm not even attempting that. Um, I mean, there there, there was there was so much in in this episode. Um, Walt's final total betrayal of Jesse is worth mentioning. Now I know there's people who describe who subscribe to the whole snitches get stitches and Jesse's a rat and he deserves what he gets. I you know I I kind of believe there's no honor in thieves. I would point to the wire when it came down to it. Avon Barksdale and Russell Stringer Bell, when they had their backs up against the wall, those guys, they dimed each other out. They, they, they definitely gave each other up. I mean, that, that's what happens. Now, uh, no disrespect to anyone out there, but uh, I, 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 don't, I don't see that there's honor among thieves. I think when it comes down to it, you know, pe- people, people do, for whatever reason, they do what is best for them. Um, which maybe in its own way is its own defense of, of, of Walter's actions, but I meant it more as a defense of Jesse. Jesse was personally manipulated. He was made into a puppet by Walt. Walt made him into a puppet. Uh, Walt took advantage of this confused kid uh, who had uh, something of a good heart, and um, I, I would even argue that the show visualizes Jesse's puppet status at the end when Todd hooks him up to this, uh, I don't know what that was, but Todd hooks him up to something in the lab that he's actually chained to or, or you know, held to on some kind of wire. And, and, and it, it visualizes Jesse's now Todd's puppet. Um, and, you know, it looks like Jesse's going to be cooking meth for Todd. I mean, Todd, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that guy. Jesse Plemons is the actor. Uh, you might know him if you watch Friday Night Lights. He played Landry, who was a super, super sweet, nerdy guy. And um, am I wrong? Did I, do I remember that actually Todd shed a tear for Hank um, after Hank was, you know, assassinated, after he was shot? Um, executed, rather. Assassinated is not the proper word. He was executed. Um I just want to reiterate, Hank, I did feel, went out with honor and dignity and the phrase to go out like a man is sexist and I don't mean to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean anything against women, but I feel like Hank went out like the man that he always wanted to be and props to him for that. Um, I don't think that he or Gomez deserved you know, to be, to end up in an unmarked grave, not just an unmarked grave in the middle of the Navajo desert, but 
a grave that was the former burial ground of Walt's $80 million, um, of which Walt only has one, one barrel left, $10 million left. Um, and that's really his family now. Um, I think that, you know, um, I think, you know, I, 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 another, another thing in, in, in that I'm not sure this is my opinion. I think Walt knew the cops. Now I'm jumping forward here. When Walt called home and called uh, Skylar a stupid bitch and said all those things, I actually think that Walt knew the cops were listening. How, how could they not be? He saw his son call 911 and then he kidnapped the Holly. So obviously he knew the cops were there. I think he actually said those things to Skylar to actually insulate Skylar from the cops in the sense that by stealing the baby and then saying all this terrible stuff to her, I think that Skylar can legitimately say to the cops, yo, I had no part in this. I, I was not part of Walt's, you know, meth empire. Um, and so again, you know, Walt get that to me is putting your family first, um, killing a lot of people and making a lot of meth and making $80 million when your goal was to make a million dollars. That's not, I mean, that's, he was doing that for himself and he was doing that because once again, it comes down to choices. He didn't like the choices he made. He, he was upset that he, uh, that he, that he dropped out of the, uh, that he felt like he wasn't getting enough respect in that startup that he dropped out of the startup and they made millions of dollars and he didn't. Well, you know what? Everybody has regrets. Everybody makes decisions they wish they could take back. Everyone listening to this right now has made decisions that they wish that they could take back. And some people own up to those decisions and deal with them. Other people deny their own responsibility in those decisions. And, you know, they cook meth and kill a lot of people and, you know, bring a lot of misery and ultimately destroy their family. Um... And I guess there's a lot in, in the middle. Um, you know, so I guess when last we see Walter, he's driving off into the sunset. Um, we've only got two episodes left. I have faith in the show that these next two episodes are at least not going to be a letdown over what we just saw. But um, I think everyone out there is going to have a pretty hard time having an A1 day after, uh, after all of that. Popping on the internet, comic books, pop culture and all that, you are a fan.